Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Where's this music coming from? Yeah, it's like smooth jazz. Hi. Hey, ah, that's even better. No jazz. No jazz. What's the problem with jazz? Uh, no, I like jazz. I just think that sometimes I don't want to be on hold and that feeling like I need to be entertained, you know? I can't just have silence. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I get that. You're, why are you in the studio? Um, I have Or why to, are you in the office? Well, no one is in the office right now, and I need to catch up on work because it's been a crazy week. And, you know, you can't stay home all the time. <laughs> but well, isn't that exactly what we're supposed to do? No, you're supposed to stay home definitely if you're sick. And then outside of that, you are supposed to stay home um, as much as possible, but you also need to stay sane. Right. This could go on for a long time. It is expected to be months of um, this, and so we can't stay home constantly. And um, part of being healthy is having some semblance of connection and activity in your life. Yeah. How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm holding up. I'm totally fine. Okay, good. The the effects of this situation are on me are 100% psychological at this point. So I'm completely fine, just like confused right. and anxious. Um, how about you? You get your stuff at the store? Yes. Okay, Jim, it was a great shopping list. So I went, I got everything you said to get. The CVS is completely out of all like antiviral cleaning products. Mm-hmm. And hand sanitizer and everything. Yeah. And they're out of toilet paper. Yeah, I've been hearing that. The paper goods are going to be a short link in the supply chain. You know, people right. are making fun of people for stocking up on toilet paper. But uh, if any places run out of it for any permanent length, uh, the joke is going to be on them. Right, right. Um, and then the other thing is, I... So I went to three stores looking for toilet paper. None of them had them. But I did find at the hardware store Purell. Really? At the hardware store? I found Purell and Lysol wipes, both of which are currently going for about 20 bucks a pop. No way. Yes. They're price gouging on that right now, huh? Yeah. There have been some stories about people stocking up and trying to sell it on Amazon, too, and stuff. And that is just so unethical right now. Anyway, so how are you? Um, fine. Just trying to keep up with everything as, as fast as I can. There was a lot of legislative activity uh, l- last night that is good for the most What part. happened? Well, we're just sort of finally starting to, as a country, take it take it seriously. Yeah. Um, and, and the House passed this measure uh, by a lot, by a big, part- big bipartisan uh, majority that would include what I have been... Uh, saying we need for quite some time, which is uh, uh, some sort of paid sick leave policy. You know, the people who are out working hourly jobs um, need to know like right away. This is just purely as a public health measure that they can stay home, you know, 
tomorrow when they get sick. What's the mechanism by which they're going to get paid? Though? I'm not certain exactly the logistics of it, but at least right now, you know, I, you know, in, in Brooklyn, like in lots of other places, you can't just miss even a couple days of work and, and right. still make rent. Um, and people need to know that that is in place or else people will just keep working right through right. the symptoms. But, but how are they going to like, They'll need the money as soon as they quit working. So right, you know, I, I mean, ideally, these cash, the, these transfers are as low barrier as possible. You don't want someone to have to go get a doctor's approval and then wait a month and all that. It's just kind of like, yeah, you just say it, and it's kind of an honor system right now. Yeah, yeah. So that seems good. Um. Yeah. I, so anyway, it was it was good. Um. You're seeing some bipartisan momentum. And just like we're, we're, we're ramping up testing and there's some public-private um, agreement that it, so there's going to be testing in places like CVS parking lots and in Walmarts. This is not going to happen overnight or as quickly as it should have, but mm -hmm. it's going to be like at some point, at least people will be able to go get tested. Yeah. So the president gave a gave a press conference last night. I mean, what? What should I know about it? Yeah. Well, they were talking um, in part about that, this idea of testing and who needs to get tested. And there is a lot of ambiguity about that because basically we're rationing them in a way that the U.S. is not used to rationing mm -hmm. healthcare in this way. Ideally, we would be testing really widely. And as it is right now, we're having to distribute the tests to based on like who needs them. And so why don't we have, do we not have enough tests? What's yeah. The, why don't. It seems like other countries have plenty of tests, right? Or no? Yeah, we have been slow to ramp up our testing capacity. And why? <laughs> that's not a simple question. Um, I think it starts with we have a small, small FDA and CDC relative to what they could have been. We have eliminated some infrastructure that would have helped us get on this faster. Mm -hmm. The existing infrastructure didn't get into place quickly enough. There was top-down messaging about how we had so few cases and we didn't, you know, the low case number was seen as good instead of saying, you know, we need to go find these cases. So right. we're just way, we're way behind the ball. And you're seeing just right now a ton of state health departments and private companies and now the federal government coming together to make make it start to happen. But the fact is it's not going to solve our problem and it's not going to be up to the ideal capacity for a, a, a few more weeks. It sounds like we're too late. Um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well, we're just sort of on uh, starting to discover how bad the spread is. And that's why things are just shutting down. Cause we can't, if we had a real good testing capacity, we could be like, we could know, we could be real strategic about what we need to shut down and what we don't and who who can do what and how long things need to last instead of these sort of blanket, like, all schools in the whole state are just going to shut down or all So because travel. we don't have any, because we don't have enough information, because the, we haven't moved fast enough on testing, we are, our only option is to basically shut lots of things down because we have no idea where it is is that right um 
Yeah, it's not quite our only option, but yeah. it, it is what when, when you the have option? when you have so little data and you have these projections for how bad it could potentially get. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's incentive at every level is to play it safe right now, and ideally, in the not too distant future, we'll be able to have a better evidence base for how to minimize risk without just blanketly telling everyone to stay home. That's not, and that's not a realistic strategy either. Cause you create all kinds of other problems, obviously when you do that. Yeah. So how bad is it going to get? Like, can you give me some sense of the, just the scale of the problem right now? Yeah. Well, it's just, we're just choosing which problem we want to avoid most. So if, you know, if we all just stayed home, everyone didn't leave their house at all, and we closed all the schools and all businesses and all transport, we would uh, slow this down, and there wouldn't be surges in numbers that would overwhelm the hospitals. But, you know, that's not actually something we can do. So... um the other end of the spectrum would be to just uh, keep everything open, and then we would definitely overwhelm our healthcare system and start rationing care about who needs to, who gets to go in ICUs and who gets to go, uh, who, who doesn't, and um, and and if we did that, the models say that we would have forty to seventy percent of the country be infected, and at the current understanding of case fatality rate which might even increase if we overwhelm our healthcare system and can't take care of people who could have been taken care of, you're looking at more than a million deaths. So that's the worst case death rate. Um, and over over so the course of the next of all, year or so. Um, yeah. So then we're, we're kind of going to be operating in a spectrum in there where we try to not have every single business in the country like <laughs> – go out of business and have society shut down and have kids not get to go to school and all that while also not having, you know, um, hundreds of thousands of unnecessary deaths. Sorry, this is kind of, this is obviously grim, but like, you know, there's no, 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 I want to, I mean, we need to talk about it. It's just so, um, I've been running around like <laughs> like crazy for the last week. And I think this is my first day where I'm just actually sitting with it. And it's just a, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I know I'm, I'm behind to these feelings, but this is really, really sad. It really is. I, it's so sad to walk around New York and see the, yeah, see restaurants that are, empty with staff just kind of sitting around waiting for someone to come in um, and see shops that are preemptively closed and just it's like like these are places that can survive through you know a bad snowstorm and be closed for a few days but they won't last long um, if this keeps up but I'm also not saying people should be uh, should be going out and living their normal lives but if you even I know places are sort of spreading out tables and exercise classes are having people move further apart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
that, that that's just the thing is you can't you have to be strategic about these decisions you you can't just shut down the whole city immediately and err too heavily on the side of um saving lives and risk shutting everything down um so i i guess that sounds reasonable for now but especially if you're a high risk person i would definitely stay home as much as possible and who are high risk hey this is so hard it really is because if we have a really catastrophic uh surge here we will in retrospect be like why did we not just shut down the whole city right you know i i'm basically just going around asking everyone i you know how is how is business what how's work for you how scared are you what are you going to do and there's so much uncertainty in and it's mainly around finances right now like People yeah. are scared of getting sick, yeah, but they're much more scared that they're going to lose their job and they're right. um, not going to be able to make rent in like places like this. So um, it's total double-edged sword. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it, every so many places would close down. Like People would have to leave the city in very short order and it would change everything around here. So the economic stimulus that's going to be needed around here to allow for such a shutdown would be massive. Mm-hmm. But if we don't, shut stuff down what happens yeah that's where you get into the worst case scenario and if everybody if a lot of people get sick at once so say around half the population is going to get sick if you if you have everyone get sick at once versus over the course of a year then you have the capacity ideally to treat everyone who you can treat there are some people who die of this no matter even if they have the best medical care, we just can't, we can't save them. But we want to make sure that everybody who could be treated and saved and get through this as as well as possible is able to and has the support to do that. And we don't want a situation where we have people lining out the uh, out the rooms at the emergency department or sitting in the on the sidewalk with oxygen masks on um you know uh it could get really grim if we have too many people mm-hmm. getting really sick at the same time and then if the healthcare workers get sick too and the um you know the workforce is diminished in capacity it it could be sort of disaster level type ra- uh, rationing of care that we are not at all tolerant of in this country and it would be catastrophic. And then obviously the businesses and everything go out of business in the same way they would have <clears throat> if we had just preemptively shut them down. And then you have worst case scenario, you have the economic damage and the loss of life. And you could have just mitigated that by taking the hit up front. Sorry, this is a it's 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 grim. I think we need to think about it though, like <laughs> I mean and and people are that if you could if if you're talking about a potential death rate of some somewhere between 500,000 and a, a million and a half, you know, you're talking about people making sacrifices to save a million lives and I think that's an inspiring thing to feel like you're a part of. Jim, just as a on a personal note, I know you as a very buoyant and funny person. And thank you. <laughs> I'm 
I'm not saying all your jokes are good. I'm not saying all your jokes are good. Some of them are bad. I know. Just to be clear. (laughs) However, you seem worried. Like I've never heard you talk like this. And that is concerning to me. Yeah. I'm hearing that from a lot of people right now. Um, You're like always the person to make the situation lighter and less serious. And you're doing the opposite of that right now, which is to me an indication that this is like, that's what's actually scaring me most. Really? Is your I'm sorry. tone of voice. No, which I'm, is, hearing I'm, that. I'm, I'm hearing yeah. that from other people too. I'm, like you should, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. It just like. Um, There's a lot to be happy about right now. Um, I've been really heartened by everything I've seen. A lot of what I've seen over the last week with a lot of like very wealthy, powerful institutions and companies, you know, shutting things down. Um, and, you know, NBA, um, March Madness, um, South by Southwest, now Mm -hmm. Coachella, all these things for whatever reason. I mean, uh, there's a mix of need and incentives and all that, but everyone is kind of, everyone's taking a hit here. No one Mm -hmm. wanted to have to do that. And right. we are, and it will save lives. And it, 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 so things, good things are already happening. People are contributing to the cause and feeling like they need to prepare and take it seriously right now in a way that two weeks ago was, there was nothing like that. So it's ha- yeah. a lot has happened. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'm not asking you to provide some sort of positive note. I'm just noting that the way I know this is really serious is that you're not making dumb jokes right now. I know. I'm also just, yeah, kind of exhausted. But you think about it. If, if you spend too much time in this headspace, you um, it's hard to, to be too funny right. about is it. The, it. But is this, the, this is a reality, right? Well, yeah. It's, it's a sort of sort of like a natural disaster that we just it's there is inevitable damage in one direction or another and we have to just choose which directions we lean toward right now um but coming days and weeks should inform a lot about how well these the current level of social distancing and shutdown is working Mm -hmm. versus whether we need to be much more aggressive or mm-hmm. uh, or we can keep this up or could potentially do even less. I, I'm, I don't know. We'll, we'll know a lot more very soon. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be like this state of uncertainty is, I think, what is making me really anxious and making a lot of other people anxious. And the more certainty we can have with clear guidelines and a sense that, like, you're going to be okay. There are systems in place to take care of you and the people you love and you might get sick, but you know, there's yeah, not going to be any senseless so like lack of care for you. If you get sick, everything will be done to um, help you. That is possible. And I think, Wait, that, are you saying that that is a reality right now or not, is a not right now, we but we're rapidly build. moving towards it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like everyone understands, you know, yeah, people get sick and, and and die and that when it becomes really really scary is the feeling like you wouldn't have anyone to help take care of you or a place to go or a system wouldn't be able to have a hospital bed for you and that is the stuff that we can prevent and we're moving rapidly 
to mobilize all resources to make sure that happens. And that will be a lot less scary for people. Like we as a country are doing that. We're just kicking into that prep mode now. So so late, but we are doing it. Well, yeah. I mean, ideally, this is something that would have started decades ago (laughs) where you would... And, and yeah, you, where we'd have like a healthcare system that was able to take care of people. Yeah, that was just better equipped for this mm-hmm. sort of event, which uh, people have been predicting for a long time, at least like uh, epidemiologists who study infectious disease outbreaks. This is a, one of the worst case scenarios, but mm-hmm. it's been modeled, it's been planned for. Um, I mean, it's been planned for academically as far as mm-hmm. whether the warnings were heeded. Mm-hmm. Um, to various degrees, they were not. But this is going to change everything. This will be a wake-up mm-hmm. call, and you know, mm-hmm. um, for our, our our capacity for preparation in the future, because it's going to cost yep. us a lot more t- to, you know, stem the damage right now than if than we had systems to, like, in build, place to build be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if people could miss work, it, you know, what you're hearing right now in Washington is people missing. They're having trouble staffing the hospital for the surge capacity because uh, schools are closed. And so some of the hospital staff have to stay home and take care of their kids. You know, problems like that are like, well, if there was childcare, then you could have the doctors going and doctors and nurses working in the hospitals when they're needed in the hospitals. Um, This is so enraging. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they were... You know, it was midnight last night, and they and uh, our representatives were voting in an almost unanimous way to do things like funding free testing, yeah, and um, funding emergency sick leave payments, right? Which are the sorts of safety net that, if they'd been in place earlier, would have already stopped or slowed this. And are sort of partial and good, but it's clear that sort of stuff is what's necessary to contain an outbreak like this. And and even free testing, even once we have the capacity for it, you know, people who don't have insurance or <clears throat> don't have good insurance uh, are not going to want to risk going to the hospital and having to potentially be in the ICU and going bankrupt due to medical bills or things that insurance companies weren't covering just because uh, you know the test is not the major cost here the te- the the cost is the $500,000 hospital stay that you you might incur and so if we're not covering that it, you are still going to have people who don't seek treatment and care i'm just being like physically overwhelmed by <laughs> wave of rage no but that's <laughs> you know i mean that is why we are in a place to get we we are yeah, that we we're in a place to get hit really hard by something like this. Yeah, yeah. I, um, it's, it's it's so. Yeah, it's just upsetting. I well, or I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And obviously, this isn't new. None of this is new. I guess that maybe that's the feeling I'm having. Like none of this is new, and that's what's so um, frustrating. It's it's not new. What you're seeing is the private sector too absorbing the cost of this, which you would think. Um, what will be a probably eye-opening for a lot of people who own companies, like why, why are Walmart and CVS um, having to donate their employees and their space mm-hmm. and everything? Right. And right. everyone's everyone who owns a big company that does give their company that does give their employees paid sick leave is going to take a big hit. And mm-hmm. you know, people pay for this. It's not 
it's but we're, we we make individuals and, and, and corporations uh, pay, and there will probably be reckoning after this about how we want to distribute costs in the future, mm-hmm. and how it would be most efficiently distributed, and that's probably through some larger federal systems. Mm-hmm. But we you know we'll, we'll have time to talk about all this later. Right now, I think people just want to be prepared, and you know, right. I think there's a lot you can do to help other people and to. Make sure people around you are as prepared as possible and that they yeah, have toilet so paper. Let's, yeah. Well, you, I'm still, there is no more toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, I went to three stores. I, I guess I got to go out today on like a, like a treasure hunt for toilet paper. Yeah. And I know a lot of grocery store shelves are empty in other places. And uh, yeah, I went to the grocery store yesterday. The whole freezer section was almost stripped clean. Right. And I asked beans, pasta, like all that stuff is like gone. But the, you know, um, we're we're seeing we have a state of national emergency now. There will be funds mobilized if we have to get you know disaster relief uh, level of food distribution to places. Ideally, we'll be able and equipped to do that. Wow, I just cannot believe this. I guess everybody has to kind of shift to this different mode of thinking and living, and I'm just undergoing that shift, and it's disorienting obviously. i'm sorry i know but, and it's, it, yeah don't be sorry how I can mean, i be I, of help and not okay. panic well i think the way that we c- can be of help to people who may listen to this is actually those practical things that you were talking about like we there's plenty of time to talk about like the emotional and philosophical implications of of this thing but what um okay so just for me personally what do I do today? I mean, one thing I was thinking about was just kind of like disinfecting my apartment. Um, but I don't know, like, is that something I should do? Does it matter? Oh. Uh, I, I guess yeah. just like, what are your tips for like what I should do today? Um, I think you need to take care of yourself and try to do some things you enjoy. And it's a nice day. And there's, we don't have any recommendations to not go out of your house right now so do that uh i was planning to go to the park i'll run um yeah i think disinfecting is good it's especially important in shared spaces and high touch areas so if people who live with big families it's going to be especially important to clean countertops and um i mean one thing one thing i don't understand is like really what the virus is and where it could be. Sure. So I'm like, am I supposed to, where am I supposed to disinfect? Um, as we understand right now, it's transmitted through respiratory droplets. It's all it is, is this little tiny strands of RNA inside of a mm-hmm. protein capsule. And you, and you spew it out when you are in infectious stage through mainly through coughing and sneezing, probably a little bit through uh, just he- heavy breathing. But mm-hmm. certainly if you're, uh, you know, really in close contact with any with any person. But then you're also, um, you know, you're kind of spewing it out in all the surfaces that you are near when you are just living so on your desktop um, if there's a kitchen kitchen table uh something that people are touching a lot of remote control phones um these are the things that around the house are going to be highest likelihood of being so the reason to clean these things right now is that you could be asymptomatic but have it well um there are there's evidence of asymptomatic spread so it's good to be um 
vigilant about that. But obviously, so even if you don't feel sick, yeah, if you live with other people, even if no one in in your household feels sick, you need to be doing this. Yeah, it would be good to pay more attention to this. Now, the the like the shortages in supplies that you mentioned make this also difficult in that maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't be overdoing and overusing these things. But in an ideal world, yeah, you would be cleaning a lot, the high touch surfaces. And the, and I think having a plan too for self-isolation is something that we are really behind the ball on. You, you mm-hmm. know, most transmission is within households and families. So roommates mm-hmm. and, um, and we're just kind of told stay home and we really will actually need like, I don't know, especially if you have, if you live with parents or if you live with. Right. Yeah. That's. People what, in high risk groups. So yeah. can you tell me really quickly just who are the high risk groups? Well, it's just kind of a general state of health. I, I think it's age and chronic conditions, the function of your immune system. There's not a single, there's not a list of what constitutes, mm-hmm. you know, it's just if this, the, um, the better health you're in, the more likely you are to do what uh, to be okay with this mm-hmm. and it's not it's not just um chronic stuff too it's it's temporary so you know whenever possible the more you can do to if you are a younger healthier person sleep and eat well and try to stay grounded and right try so to freaking out about this is not helpful it's it a, is yeah the opposite of helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of a vicious cycle right yeah like the more nervous you are the higher risk you're putting yourself mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. so break out of that if you can y- you have to enjoy you have to do things you enjoy you have to stay socially connected uh you can't just there and panic so okay but Catherine, you know what the most fulfilling thing you can do is possibly well, i don't it's it's I, if i knew that the answer to that question my life would look different it's it sounds cheesy <laughs> but it, it is reaching out to uh, everyone else and making sure that the people in your life who um everyone has people around them who are higher risk and less able to prepare or less right. just have less of a sense of urgency who literally don't have toilet paper or whatever, or d- didn't think to buy it yep. and might mm-hmm. have to isolate themselves. And mm-hmm. you will be the one who can make sure that they bought it. That's a bad example of their preparation, but uh, just yeah. talking yep. to older So just make sure everybody like, you know and love is, yeah, uh, is preparing. It's yep. a great excuse to reach out to people. Whoever like you, you, you owed them a call or an email mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. months, years ago, you know, now you can... Now you can say, hey, I just wanted to make sure you're getting through this and not to, you know, everything's okay. If there's anything I can do to help, please, you know, let me know. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, th- I am going to do that today. I'm do it. Call, You'll feel better. You'll feel better. Yeah. Okay. We're all in this together. Yeah, we're all in this together. Just sort of from afar. <laughs> Physically distant, but we're connected in other ways. Right. All right. Okay. So I have my action plan for today. uh, Thanks to you, which is I'm going to disinfect basically all the high touch surfaces of my apartment. And then I'm going to call everyone I know and uh, harangue them into preparation. (laughs) Just to know, just check in with them. Say you're, say I'm there for you. Oh, sorry, sorry. The main thing is this, is this loneliness. Yeah, I'm there for you. I want to check in more. I'm not going to browbeat them into getting supplies. I'm using this as an opportunity to catch up with you. Yeah. Right, right. Got it. Got it.
Also, do you have any toilet paper? Got it. Um, hey, um, yeah, good to catch up. We haven't talked in a while. <laughs> How's your, like, how much toilet paper do you have <laughs> right now? Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, perfect. We'll, we'll report back. Uh, a grim conversation. Thank you, Jim. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really appreciate it. I honestly don't know what I would be doing today if I didn't have your instruction. Yeah, so no, I appreciate it. Go outside. Open your windows. Enjoy the I'll go outside. Yeah, yeah. It's spring. Yeah, just stay a slightly distance from people. That'll be good. <laughs> okay. Weird times. Uh, yeah. Thank you. This is really, really helpful, and we'll talk again soon. Okay. Bye, Catherine. Okay, thanks. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.